Welcome to another exciting episode of NIDS Knowledge, a weekly show of the National Institute for Deterrence Studies, where we are advancing peace, promoting stability, and helping you to think deterrence. Each week, we inform you about a deterrence topic and its value in preserving peace. We hope you enjoy this show. Uh, hello, I'm Steve Simbala, and I'm here to discuss the metaverse of deterrence, looking at some of the trends and technologies that we can anticipate having to deal with as we move forward in the 21st century related to deterrence, especially nuclear deterrence. I'm going uh, in the next few minutes to outline some of the major trends and forecasts, and then I will be depositing a paper with NIDS that people can follow up for the details. Uh, the first major trend is the arrival of China as an aspiring global nuclear superpower. Experts contend that China is on a course that, in the not-too-distant future, may bring the size of its strategic nuclear arsenal into the same neighborhood as that of the United States and Russia under their currently New START-constrained force numbers. In that event, there will be two problems. One, the United States will have to think about deterring not only nuclear attacks from Russia, but also the possibility of a nuclear first use by China or China and Russia acting in concert, unless there are arms control agreements that limit the growth of all sides' nuclear weapons arsenals, an open-ended arms race is a very conceivable possibility. Yet China has not shown very much interest in negotiating nuclear arms agreements, especially nuclear arms reduction agreements that would require a degree of transparency that thus far has been anathema to the Chinese leadership. So that's the first big challenge. The second is posed by the cyber realm and cyber war and the ubiquity of cyber war in military operations and in deterrence. Now, here there are some misunderstandings. People imagine scenarios in which someone in Moscow presses a button and all the lights go out in the United States. That scenario is improbable. What is more likely is that Russia or someone else would, over a period of time, insert malware into the nuclear C3 system and or related uh, networks, and then wait to activate it at a critical time during a crisis, and the malware would selectively disrupt communications, not only from one terrestrial location to another, but from Earth to space and from space to Earth. That, in turn, brings us to a third main force that we will have to take into account, the growing importance of space, the possibility of military conflict in space, and therefore the need for deterrence in space. The U.S. depends on its space-based military systems for reconnaissance, communications, navigation, command control, early warning, vital functions without which it cannot detect and then react to a nuclear surprise attack. And China and Russia are both developing systems for, as it were, reconnoitering and or making 
close contact with enemy satellites. Supposedly, these technologies will help them to inspect and repair their own satellites, but these reconnaissance and proximity operations will also give them the capability to disrupt or destroy other countries' satellites. The U.S. Space Force will, of course, have to grow almost exponentially to keep up with the challenges from this domain. We now have five major domains of conflict, land, sea, air, space, and cyberspace, although cyberspace penetrates all the others. That brings us to a fourth major force impacting on deterrence as we go forward in the 21st century, and that force is the importance of autonomous weapons in the form of, for example, UAVs, unpiloted aerial vehicles, drones are an example, and another example would be robotics. Underlying all this is perhaps the biggest challenge facing military planners and developers, and that is the human-machine interface. At what point will machines become equal to or even superior in some ways to human learning? How will be able to control that famous OODA loop? Observe, orient, decide, act. That loop will now close potentially uh, in seconds or even nanoseconds from sensor to shooter. This puts tremendous stress on the human side of the military decision-making equation. Another major environmental impact on nuclear deterrence and deterrence in general going forward will be hypersonic weapons. Hypersonic weapons in the form of hypersonic glide vehicles or hypersonic cruise missiles. These are already being deployed. More can be expected. Hypersonic weapons will reduce the time available for warning, attack assessment, and, if necessary, a response. Senior civilian and military leaders will be under tremendous pressure, faced with a nuclear crisis and a very short decision time of perhaps a few minutes in making a decision that could impact not only on our country, but all of humanity. And another somewhat different but final challenge in the metaverse of deterrence in the 21st century lies in the character of our own democratic institutions and processes. The trend in American domestic politics these days is regrettably for more and more polarization, more and more unwillingness or inability to, as it were, compromise across the lines of our leading political parties, deadlock and inability to solve certain matters related to defense. We only have to look at the recent imbroglio over a single senator being able to hold up military promotions in the chain of command for more than a month about an argument over the military's willingness to support travel for abortions for its enlisted and officer personnel. These are some of the leading challenges discussed in the paper on the metaverse for deterrence. Others are also considered, as well as a case study of a hypothetical nuclear arms race in Asia, based on some earlier research done by Dr. Adam Lowther and me.
And of course, I'll be interested in any feedback from that paper. And we look forward to hearing from you in the future. Thank you for listening to NIDS Knowledge. This show is produced under the NIDS Podcasting Network, a division of the National Institute for Deterrence Studies. NIDS is a 501c3 organization dependent upon donations to provide this podcast and bring about awareness of the peacekeeping value of U.S. strength and our national deterrence. You can catch all of our podcasts or provide feedback at thinkdeterrence.com. I would like to thank our producer, Kimberly Charrington, our sponsors, and all the fantastic members of the National Institute for Deterrence Studies for making this podcast possible. Stay tuned next week for another exciting and informative NIDS knowledge. A production of the National Institute for Deterrence Studies.